0: Sergei loiko has been a correspondent for the los angeles times since 1991 born in finland and based in moscow he has covered the wars in chechnya tajikistan georgia nagorno-karabakh afghanistan and iraq he reported from Ukraine from the beginning of Maidan in November 2013 to the Battle of Debaltseve in Donetsk in February of 2015. He is the only international reporter to have spent four full days at the height of the battle for the Donetsk airport in October 2014. On Tuesday, January 19, 2016, Sergey Loiko gave a visual presentation in Ottawa based on his Ukrainian-language novel Eroport, published in 2015, about the battle for the Donetsk airport in eastern Ukraine. He joined us by telephone the next day from Toronto to speak on the Nanaimo edition of Nash Hollis. Here again is that interview. Sergei, welcome. Yes, how are you doing? I am doing well, thank you, and uh, we're delighted to have you here on the program to tell us all about your book and your experiences covering the war in Ukraine. So, my first question to you is, how did you end up in Ukraine? I um, mean, you've covered your war correspondent, so that's kind of a given. but with the um, lack of interest, shall we say, in Ukraine in the mainstream media, all of a sudden, um, Ukraine was in the news, and how is it that that you ended up in Ukraine rather than, say, the Middle East?
1: Well, I worked in Moscow, and okay. tensions. <laughs> Tensions were building at the time when uh, hundreds of Ukrainian protesters gathered in Maidan Square in the middle of the city. And they protested against the government of corrupt President Viktor Yanukovych. And at some point it uh, looked as if the protests were subsiding. But uh, there was a moment on uh, November the 30th. When uh, uh, armed to the teeth with clubs and shields, uh, riot police, squads, attacked armless uh, students. And there were like 50 or 60 of them there. And Mm -hmm. they uh, beat them real hard. They arrested them. And the next day, uh, the entire city and half Ukraine were in Kiev. And uh, I saw the biggest... Uh, rally I have ever seen in my life. There were uh, hmm. at least one million people, and that's uh, how it all began. And basically, after that, I almost uh, never left Ukraine uh, until until the the hot stage of the war between Russia and Ukraine was over.
0: You were in Donetsk uh, or Debaltseve, I guess, and and you covered the Donetsk airport battles, that must have been terrifying.
1: Yeah, that was quite an experience. Uh, you must understand that a group, a small group of Ukrainian soldiers and ragtag volunteers surrounded by far superior forces made up of uh, Russian mercenaries local rebels and separatists armed to the chest by russia and even russian regular troops were besieging mm-hmm. the airport for 242 long days and nights longer than the stalingrad battle wow. and uh, the airport was not a f- anything but not a fortress you fly from airports and land at airports several times a month and those are beautiful buildings mm-hmm. made largely of glass and metal railings and some concrete. But but what I saw there was was just amazing picture of, of the tarmac covered with shattered glass, uh, twisted metal bars and railings and uh, some concrete and all, and uh, a small group of uh, Ukrainian soldiers bravely and selflessly defending the what cannot be defended for days and nights on end. They didn't sleep, they didn't eat properly because there was not a cubic centimeter of space of air there which could protect you from mm-hmm. bullets. And they were constantly under a rain of bullets and and rounds and missiles and mortars. And they never eat properly. They never drank properly. They were ill-supplied. But they still resist. And once I asked one of the defendants, what the hell are are you fighting here? What are you defending? Don't you see that you are just defending plain air? And he said, yeah we're defending our air of freedom. Wow. And for this perseverance, for this bravery, for this selfless heroism, even their enemies call them cyborgs.
0: Yes. Yeah. When did you leave the area?
1: Uh, I was there for... uh, actually I was planning to leave earlier, but the armored vehicles, which were supposed to uh, replace the personnel and bring some supplies and ammo, uh, all of them were burned down, and I stayed in the airport for four days. And uh, every every day I witnessed some uh, totally heroic act, and some people may say that it was complete madness. But uh, at some point, a Ukrainian tank which um was sent there to offer some firepower support to the defenders. It was burnt down, and three tank men they jumped out of the crew of the tank and they were shot down by the rebels and by the russians and they were dead and uh, At dusk, the defenders of the airport they crawled out onto the tarmac and they brought back two bodies. They couldn't find the third body because it was um, blown into pieces mm-hmm. by a direct heat during a mortar attack. And the next day, the commander of the tank troops stationed nearby called the commander of the airport garrison and said, look, we need to send the boy home for a proper burial. And he was told, look, his. He's disintegrated uh, there's nothing left of him and he said why don't you just find something we could send back home oh. to his family and they they sent a, a reconnaissance unit out onto the tarmac oh, which was my. shot through in the crossfire from all sides and they found a, a charred dark and uh, black and, and smoked piece of, uh, of the tank man's thigh. And they uh, came back and said they found something. And then the commander held a little meeting of all those who could stand up and hold arms. And he said, look, I cannot give you this order. You don't know this man. You've never seen him. You don't know where he lives, where he comes from. He came here to help us, but he died. And now we need to send him home for a proper burial. So, But uh, it's something I cannot order. Are there any volunteers to go out on the tarmac and risk your lives for a piece of flesh of a soldier you personally don't know? And everybody raised their hands. And when uh, a, a very very severe battle began and in, in the height of the battle two young men jumped out the windows of the airport and they raced armless to the point where the these charred remains were found and they found an empty box from a grenade launcher and put this piece of uh, flesh into the box and they tied it with a piece of wire to the railings of, um, of an armored vehicle which arrived to bring some supplies and off the the guy of what was left of it went home to his family and some some unthinkable things like that happened almost on a daily basis there because The whole situation was crazy. The whole place looked totally surreal. It was so craftily destroyed, and the boarding sleeves of the airport looked like uh, skeletons of dinosaurs. And at some point it looked as if it was a film set. It cannot be for real. And any minute Steven Spielberg or or Ridley Scott would come out and say, cut, and they would all go home, but nothing like that happened. And uh, the soldiers defending the airport, they looked the same. They looked surreal. They were very dirty. They never had enough water. They never washed themselves. And one commander said to me, in the airport, you don't wash yourself. You scratch. Oh. Those who are lazy enough, they try to wash themselves, and um, they look dark and black with uh, suit and smoke, and and their eyes were wild with adrenaline and with chronic lack of sleep, and like uh, like samurai, they uh, were already kind of half dead, they were ready to die, they didn't care anymore. And the amazing thing is that in Pesky and in some other places around the airport, there were hundreds and thousands of Ukrainian soldiers and volunteers who were lining up to go to the airport because they knew that was the main battle of the war. And it was not a real army. Putin's men were fighting at the airport, because when they confronted the the real Ukrainian army, weakened and, and inexperienced, they defeated it at many locations. Mm-hmm. But here, they came across something they didn't expect. They were confronted by cyborgs, and those cyborgs were living people. They were from Maidan. uh, what happened was that it was not the army. It was Maidan resistance, Maidan people, Maidan survivors, who took weapons in their hands and moved to the airports. It was so very symbolic. And uh, that was the end of the hot stage of the war, because uh, the Russian losses was so huge that Putin realized that he can defeat the army units, he can defeat even the whole Ukrainian army, but he cannot defeat the spirit of freedom of the Ukrainian people, which was so vivid and afloat in in the airport. And yes, in the end, the airport fell. It collapsed on the heads of uh, its defenders. Some of them were imprisoned, some of them died, but it was a pyrrhic victory for Russia. And it became a Kosovo field for Ukraine. I'm sure that will go down in the history books as a great feat, a great deed of Ukrainian warriors to protect their independence, to protect their motherland's freedom, and to protect Ukraine's aspirations.
0: I hear a lot of pain in your voice. Um, you've seen so much. Um, I'm in pain myself just listening to your stories, and you were actually there. You've written a book called AeroPort. Yes. And was this a cathartic thing for you? Did this, did this help to, to deal with that?
1: Well, it's a novel, I've spoken out as a reporter, and I've written dozens of stories. I was awarded with uh, most prestigious uh, prizes uh, for my coverage of Ukraine war, including uh, OPC Bob Considine Award. But I felt, uh, as a a journalist, you are limited Mm -hmm. to -hmm. the format of journalism. No matter whether you are a photographer or a writer, and I'm both of uh, uh, at the airport I was in in both qualities, and I felt a lot inside me which was bursting out like an alien and and I just uh, sometimes they say you should write when you cannot help it hmm. and i couldn't help it anymore and the novel uh, was burning my chest through, and finally it got out, and uh, within a month I wrote it. Why novel? Why not uh, documentary? Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, I knew only about 50 uh, uh, warriors, cyborgs, who fought at the airport and elsewhere, but there were hundreds of them replacing one another, Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't want to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my novel is based on my own recollections, my old recordings, and on what I filled my notebook with, and also on 43 hours of recorded interviews with the defenders of the airport who stayed there to the last second and survived. And the book is not only about the airport, only every other chapter is devoted to the last five days of the airport siege but chapters in between they tell you through the eyes of a photographer who is the main character in this story they tell you the whole history of ukrainian revolution and conflict it's maidan the carnage at maidan at the hands of unknown secret snipers on february the 20th then the annexation of crimea then russian invasion and the capture of slovyansk then uh the treacherous encirclement of ukrainian troops at Ilovaisk and courageous defense of pesky and this the entire war is in, in that novel you know there was a moment when i took a picture of a machine gunner fighting in pesky defending his position and he had this very old 1940s machine gun and uh, his hand was bandaged and he looked like a, like an american soldier from vietnam chronicles hmm. lying there on a blanket made up of of shot rounds uh used rounds and when my story was published a few days later the editor said, this is an iconic photo, and he placed it on top of the story, and I was so happy, and I called the commander of the unit and said, look, your guy will be leading the story and the paper tomorrow. He said, no, he will not be leading anything. He's dead. And I made a stupid mistake. I, I posted another photograph of this soldier on my Facebook page and said, Ivan Kuryata, that what his name, died yesterday defending ukraine and there were lots of comments glory to the heroes and blah 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 and finally there was one comment that stood out it was like very very uh, strong and very passionate it ran like no like n and uh, 10 or 15 o's no i don't believe and (sighs) (sighs) i i i saw that this note was written by his wife so basically she found out about her husband's death from my uh, facebook post and for a long time i felt as if i was personally responsible for this heroic man's death and there's there's lots of stories like that in the book, and I strongly advise you to read it. It came out both in Russian and in Ukrainian in September, and it was my condition that it should be published simultaneously in both languages. And uh, English translation is in the works, and it will come out in English in, in July. And the Poles publishing it uh, in February, and the Dutch, and Estonians, and uh, Czechs, and Georgians, and even two Hollywood companies, Columbia Pictures and Sony, they were desperately trying to buy the rights <laughs> for four of my stories, Los Angeles Times stories. Mm. And uh, they wanted exclusive rights to the names and to the characters of some characters and to the situations surrounding them. That would effectively mean that I would have no no right to use my characters anywhere else. And I said, no, the book came out, and I don't want some Californian guy sitting at home comfortably and sipping wine and and writing something he makes up uh, Mm -hmm. based on real characters, based on the names of real cyborgs, and based on real circumstances. So I said, why don't you take my book as a plot? And uh, I just threw away $150,000. Maybe I'm an idiot, (laughs) but I want, if there's ever a movie about... Uh, this heroic battle. It should be told as a true story uh, the way my book is. It's a novel based on true facts. It's a true story I witnessed with my own eyes.
0: Sergey, thank you so much for telling us um, your story, telling us about your book. Now, the English language version will be entitled Airport 2015 as well?
1: Yeah, it will be called Airport and uh, we expect it to come out before the first of july
0: excellent okay well thank you so much for uh, coming on the show for telling us about this for writing the book and for sharing your incredible stories all the best to you thanks and again. the
1: best to you it was nice talking to you
0: thank you so much Sergei. okay bye-bye
1: bye-bye take care
0: and we were speaking with sergey loiko um, War correspondent for the Los Angeles Times about his book called Airport.